If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends. It's another episode of Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show for April 19th, 2023, episode 591. I'm Ryan McCaffrey here in our San Francisco studio, flanked to my immediate left by Miranda Sanchez. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Uh, And welcoming two familiar and friendly faces back. Uh, One of them's been gone so long that I think the other one we may have seen more recently. Lord Cognito, the Iron Lords podcast. Welcome back. I feel like we've seen you more recently than Destin. That's how long Destin's been gone. <laughs> Bam. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Bam. What's going on? Which, by the Rebel way, is a good a thing. I, I like seeing you. And, and I was fine. You know, we're fine without Destin. I'm kidding, Destin. Welcome back. We missed you. We missed you. you. It was super relaxing, you know, with a newborn and a two-year-old, like no drama. Right. Everything was super chill. Slept in every day, right? Tons of sleep. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's it's parenthood. It's it's not that hard, right? Right? It's very hard. <laughs> it's very, very hard. Well, yeah. uh, I'll start with Destin real quick, because Destin, you uh you did a thing while you were gone besides, you know, raise a brand new start the process of raising a brand new member of your family. But you did something for yourself and we can see it on your face oh, right yeah. now. I forget. Like, it, th- I just got this the week before I came back. I got LASIK. And um, it's nice. <laughs> uh, I forget all the time. I, I'm like, oh, I feel my contacts. Or right. I reach for my glasses in the morning. But it's, I, I forget about it. And uh, it's awesome, though. How was your experience with it in terms of, uh, like, did they give you the Valium or, or the, like, sort of relaxing drugs beforehand? Or... I think it was Xanax. They yeah. give you a Xanax right before, and then uh, they just kind of like push something on your eye, kind of hard. Yeah, they do it. You can smell your you can smell your eyes burning. Yep. Oh my and then <laughs> my impression was going to be that I would be able to see clearly quite like immediately afterwards. That's not what happened. Actually, it was super blurry, 
and uh, they tell you to just go home and sleep. So I took, okay. I ate some food and then I went to sleep and the next day I could see quite clearly. Yeah, I, I had it done 21 years ago uh, and it's still mm -hmm. holding up, which is why I've continued to say it's the, it is in my humble opinion, the best money you could ever spend on yourself. So mm -hmm. I was really happy, Destin, when I heard that, that you'd done this. But yeah, like I was just curious I was about hearing your experience because uh, how different is it 20 years later than when I had it. I know the big difference, I won't get into the details because some people may be eating and it can, it's, it's a little gross. It involves how they access and, and what they do to the eye uh, that has, has improved a lot compared to what I had done yeah. to my eye, but the results are just as good. So congrats on that, Destin. Seriously, that is, uh, that is, is literally a life-changing scenario uh, in my, in my experience. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, uh, decided to invest a little bit in myself. So, yeah. yeah. Good for you. And uh, speaking of of investing in himself, Lord Cognito, episode 300 of the Iron Lords podcast celebrated this past weekend. Uh, just talk to us for a minute here, Cog, because, you know, about about sort of the perseverance it takes to do 300 and how you've you know, how you feel like you've evolved along the way, because the show's great. I've been on it a couple times. You've been very gracious to invite me. And uh, and it's just, I think everybody should check it out. I appreciate it, man. I mean, it's, you know, looking back in retrospect, I can't even believe it. I'm like, wow, it's been 300 of these things, man. And, and for me, it's always been a fan of gaming, a fan of the culture. And, you know, obviously, you know, the historic uh, story of meeting you at E3. That was the dream, just to kind of go to E3 and to, experience these games that, you know, I love. And then, you know, my four friends, kind of lifelong friends together doing this, coming together and say, hey, we want to do a podcast. We want to talk about gaming. And then having that evolve and having industry guests and, you know, starting an independent site with lordsofgaming.net. And it's just been amazing. It's been really cool. And it was very humbling, you know, to, to do the 300th episode because the sheer amount of people that were like, no, I want to actually come on and, you know, kind of give you your flowers kind of things from developers to Xbox themselves. We had some Sony devs. It, it was really touching and um very proud of it. Still hasn't sunk in, but um yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for for what we continue to do and the kind of the, the energy that we we give back, give to the community, and that we got back. So it was kind of cool. Absolutely. Well, you've been a treat here on Unlocked. Every time we've been lucky to have you, and and uh, you know when when Stella couldn't be on the show today due to a scheduling conflict, I thought, well, let's let's use this as an easy opportunity to promote episode three hundred to get you in here and talk some Xbox. Uh, we've got some weird topics this week i guess maybe it's at least it's not as doom and gloomy as last week destin yeah. you missed you missed <laughs> quite the downer of a show last week um i don't oh, encourage I miss you to... the news though i yeah. did not miss the news yeah. i actually watched the segment so i was curious what y'all thought <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah we're on to we're on to mostly happier topics this week and i like do want joseph to... state and leaving <laughs> yeah well Sorry. And now the, the part two is we know where he's going so I wasn't sure, you know, I've, I've kind of somewhat known Joseph professionally for a long time. And I was surprised when he left Microsoft altogether, uh, although not as surprised as I am at the next person we're going to talk about that just left 343 as well. But uh, Joseph is heading, because I thought, okay, this guy, Miranda, could probably write his own ticket just about anywhere, right? Right. Last, last week we were saying how it's like, oh, maybe time to just 
take a nice long vacation, you know, just take a good break. But that is not what's happening. And the other big bet we had too, or mine was, oh, maybe he's going to go start his own studio, go do something separate, maybe join up with other devs that are doing their own thing. Uh, and that's not what's happening. Instead, Joseph Staten has joined Netflix, their growing gaming arm. Uh, they He and Joe will be leading a team that builds a new AAA multi-platform game that will be an original IP. Uh, he gave a statement to IGN that he also tweeted saying, quote, in my work life, there's nothing I love more than collaborating with others to build worlds filled with iconic characters, deep mysteries, and endless adventures. So today I'm thrilled to announce that I've joined Netflix Games as creative director for a brand new AAA multi-platform game and original IP. Let's go. Uh, Cog, you got to figure Netflix completely unproven in the world of video games. And I do mean completely for as proven as they are in the world of streaming television, streaming movies, the opposite on the games front. You got to figure Netflix backed up the Brinks truck here to secure Mr. Staten, right? He got that bag. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Bag, <laughs> the truck was backed up. No question. <laughs> to get that, that pedigree in there. Were you surprised? Cog, when uh, when this was when it, when it, when Joe said Netflix, I was surprised. I was surprised that Netflix, you know, obviously, you know, the aggressive nature of them trying to secure him, but um, you know, there's there's a part of me that's always going to be sentimental to Joe. He, he's 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 a legend in the game, and I think through you know your one of your interviews with him, as far as during the Halo Infinite development, you know, him his involvement and in kind of getting in and saying, hey, if I can provide some help to Bonnie and the team at that time you know, from a, from a narrative perspective and to kind of get them across the finish line was always interesting to me. So also, as Destin knows, you know, I'm a huge Destiny guy. So, you know, his involvement there, he, he's literally, you know, critical to two of my most favorite games of all time. Like, he's literally that guy. So, you know, to hear him go to Netflix, you know, like Miranda, Miranda said, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a probably tremendous opportunity for him. You know, what I'm starting to see in the industry now, either post-consolidation, or um, just in general, people have been in the game a long time and say, hey, you know, I wanna try something, do things my own way. I guess my, my only concern would be Halo Infinite and, and just the direction narratively. I just wanna see how, how that pans out with the team. Shout out to um, Pierre Heinz and those guys. But yeah, it's, 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 it's bittersweet because I'm happy for him personally, but I just wanna see what, also what happens, you know, for Halo for the future, from, from, from a narrative perspective. You know, Miranda, you were saying you thought maybe he'd start a new studio this is, I mean, it, that is kind of what he did, except he's got the backing of a, of a mega billion dollar streaming powerhouse now. Yes. And as we're seeing, if you're, if you're watching, um, there's a little reel from Netflix about the games that they have. Uh, if you've ever opened Netflix on your phone, you'll probably see the Netflix game section. Cause really at this point, all they offer, or I guess they offer some more things now, but they're mostly just offering a lot of mobile games, which is kind of weird because when I think about downloading a new game, for a mobile device specifically, I don't think I should go to Netflix and see what games they added, right? It's kind of a weird extra step. And some of these games I think are available on their own on app stores too. So it's just kind of like a weird middle ground. And I don't think they've really made their claim to like what they want to do in any firm way that's like stuck in my mind. So having Joseph Staten is a pretty big deal in that he's going to be able to hopefully like 
like drive them to something really cool. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really curious to see what that looks like in the long run, because as you said, like they're, they just really haven't done anything for that yet. Um, and at this point they've only in this trailer, as we're saying, have acquired some things that are kind of around on like game pass and other places already anyway, or have been out for a long time. So, um, aside from their own like IP, I think they had like a queen's gambit little chess game you could play, which you know what that is. It's chess, but yeah. you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do here. Destin, uh, as weird as it is to say that that Netflix needs to be legitimized, I think it's fair to say in the game space they do. Does does Joseph's presence uh, help uh, help legitimize Netflix as a as a serious maker of video games? Absolutely, I think that we're going to see the effects of his first day, which was what Monday this week. <laughs> uh, we're going to see what he manages to accomplish over the next like five years, right? Or yeah, even gonna longer be a while. Before, before we see the return on their investment in this division of Netflix. They've been making smaller games, like Miranda said, and the industry as a whole is also sort of changing. I think we're going to see a lot more people investing in mobile and a lot more people investing in the cloud infrastructure because the internet speeds are sort of at a point where mobile streaming to your television or sorry streaming to your television is working really well that same streaming technology can be utilized to stream to your phone and then it's about developing bespoke experiences for like your television versus your handheld and sort of the challenge of addressing those issues i think netflix is dipping their toe in right now i think this is a, a big initiative for them and like, look at what Xbox has said about the mobile market. The reason they're buying Activision, they say, is because they want to get in on mobile. That's where Netflix is starting. And with streaming also, they're going to be involved there. And those are two huge growth opportunities for the gaming industry, period. Yeah. Sony's, Sony's staffing up for it. Microsoft's staffing up for it. And I think we're going to see some interesting changes over the next five to 10 years. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting too, that Netflix technically has one, like another studio already. They have night school studio is technically under Netflix. Makers so, of Oxenfree, yeah. a, a fantastic mm -hmm. game. And then we just, I think yeah. got Oxenfree 2's. The release date. Trailer this morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this yeah. morning on uh, the Nintendo indie stream, but yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see how they are trying to invest in that. At the same time, it makes me a little worried because there is a lot going on with Netflix in this time right now especially with the hubbub about how they're going to change like streaming and like limiting family access if you're like in multiple places and all these things so i'm really curious to see how that all plays out together and of course i think there's like on the financial side netflix doesn't always do super well year over year and i think there's just like a lot of variables there so seeing them getting into games and investing in these people i just hope it works out because like for night school i like night school I want them to do well. Yeah. So. Um, on that note, Cog, in addition to backing up the Brinks truck for Mr. Staten himself, you got to figure that he's been given assurances that uh, pennies will not be pinched on the budget of this new AAA multi-platform game that, that's going to be developed. It's going to have a healthy budget, I'm sure. 
absolutely. You, you, one would have to assume he's has things contractually, you know, put in there as far as insurances, as far as the project, and you know what he's looking to work on. I'm, I'm also curious about the uh, the synergies between um, the game itself and, and Netflix, and I think that what we're seeing right now is this resurgence of of games and, 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 and media, and we're seeing like obviously The Last of Us, and you know Halo had its own show, and so on and it so did. forth. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being that nice, right? Wait, I forgot about that. Is that still, is that still a thing that's going on? <laughs> yeah, there was a thing. There was a thing that happened. It was know? fine. I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm excited for season two, but I'm I'll watch it when it's on. It, it got it got better for me towards it the did. End, it did. But um, yeah, to your point, you're starting to see that synergy, you know, uh, cross cross media wise, and it would behoove them to whatever he creates to to have that maybe that whether it be animated, live action, or you know, kind of have some synergy there. So that that seems like a natural fit, and I'm pulling from him in that regard. He he's tremendous. He's writing chops, you know, game development chops. This guy was like demoing Halo Two and E3. I mean, the, the, the experience speaks for itself and um i'm very curious to see what he comes up with with the merging of that space cog i'm glad you hit on the transmedia portion of this because the fact that it's netflix we're dealing with it's not a a maybe or a possibility that there's gonna be a netflix show and or netflix movie and or as you mentioned animated series as an option that with alongside with this joseph staten game it's that's like a lock, right? That is going to happen. Oh yeah, for sure. This is gonna happen. This is this is a marriage made, you know, together in heaven. And 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 I could totally see again those discussion pieces in the boardroom as far as a vision and a and a whiteboard as far as, as far as where they want to take it. Maybe even potentially a series, you know, see how how long they go with it. But yeah, it makes the it makes perfect sense. And uh, and Miranda, it's if I'm Joseph Staten. You got to figure it's your it's your biggest chance to like make a big new thing in a long time, right? Because I, I double check, he was at Microsoft for ten years after he had left Bungie. So, you know, of course, he's the architect of Halo from a narrative perspective. He was the original narrative director of Destiny before you know he did leave prior to the uh, release of that game. And then he's just been doing the publishing stuff at Microsoft with, you know, helping out on projects like Crackdown 3. And then, of course, much more directly, Halo Infinite. So he hasn't really had the chance to to do what he did 20 years ago and, and build a big new thing in a while. And this is certainly a good chance to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, as you guys were talking about having that coordination between the show and the game. I think there's a lot of opportunities there storytelling wise. Um, a lot of the creators that I've talked to who have worked on shows specifically for Netflix kind of cite that as like a really enticing point that when you're developing shows specifically for Netflix, because um, their model is to drop everything at once, right? That changes how you do your storytelling. Sure. So I imagine if there is some sort of collaboration there, there's something that they're either... I, I, it's kind of weird because it reminds me of ah quantum break a little bit and like how there was that try trying to do those like tie-ins mm -hmm. and stuff and i think here is a little bit more of an easier opportunity in that it will be a multi-platform game lots of people have access a lot of people have access to netflix i like to assume and so it should be easy for them to or not necessarily easy i it's probably not easy um it could be a simple 
thing for them to make sure that that is accounted for when they're developing this new IP, which we don't, of course, know what it'll be. I would assume sci-fi because it's Joseph Staten, but you know. That's, yeah, it's a fair, you know, you know, who knows what sort of creative muscles he, maybe he's yeah. been sitting on some cool fantasy idea for, yeah. for 15 years that he's, that he wants to yeah. bust off. I think too, sci-fi can be challenging in the, in the TV space, depending on the budget you have, um, unless they're doing animated, which even then of course takes a lot of budget. Yeah. So interesting. Well, we wish Joseph Staten the best. He has been, uh, such as, as cog very dutifully, uh, laid out just such a great, uh, a, a a huge contributor to a, two of the biggest games, the biggest franchises of the last 20 years in, in both Halo and Destiny and responsible for a lot of good times uh, for a lot of us here on the gaming side. Meanwhile, uh, we've got another 343 slash Halo staff departure to talk about. This one, I, I would not have guessed that. This one's a surprise to me. My former official Xbox Magazine colleague and a longtime Halo developer now, first at Bungie, uh, that's where he left OXM to go during the development of Halo 2, and then he stayed with the franchise. Uh, he was literally employee number two or three after Bonnie Ross at 343, and that's Frank O'Connor. Frankie is leaving 343 and leaving Microsoft Axios broke the news, which Microsoft confirmed to Axios with a simple statement saying, we thank Frank for his numerous contributions to the Halo franchise and wish him well going forward. So Frank uh, started out as the community guy. If, you, if you're old like me, uh, you remember back to those. Yeah. Hey, Cog. Yeah. And Destin. We're, all, hey, we're hey. the olds here. Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> remember those Halo 2 days? The hype leading up to Halo 2. When Frank would write his little development update column on a Friday, along with the Mr. Chief doodle that he would that he would you know badly on purpose draw in Microsoft Paint, Mr. Chief kind of later became a thing, uh, and we got we got those really neat insights into what was going on in Halo Two. There was usually never anything like really meaty, but it was just enough of a of a little insight as to where the where the Bungie team was at. at each week in development over the course of Halo 2. And then as he went over to 343, he became the uh, the keeper of the Halo Bible for a long, long time. You know, he controlled the entire narrative uh, of, of everything. Like everything had to run up through him, whether it was a book, whether it was a graphic novel, whether it was a game. And uh, and he, I think he, he may have even written the Halo Bible because it was... It was sort of an idea back in the Bungie days, but it became an actual thing later. And by, by my count, Frank was at with Halo for about exactly 20 years, because if I remember correctly, the so Frank left. What happened was, if you've never heard this funny little story, OXM had a world-exclusive cover story on Halo 2, where it was the first time... We, I didn't get to go on the first one, Aww. but Frank and I think our editor-in-chief at the time, Mike Salmon, went up to, to Bungie to see, to get, you know, get a presentation on Halo 2 in, would have been spring of 2003, so like around now, for I believe what was the June issue, because magazines always work, we're always working way into the future. I don't know why it's, it's that way, but it is. And uh, after Frank wrote that cover story, 
Bungie hired him. They, they, <laughs> they, they liked it so Ooh. much. They reached out and they said, hey, we'd like we'd like you to interview. And he ended up he came into work one day and said, I'm I'm leaving for I'm going to Bungie. And we were all really happy for him, of course. And uh, and so, yeah, I believe that was that was spring of 2000 or maybe by the time he got hired, it was summer. Like around summer of 2000, there it is. Wow. Our super producer nice, read. Nice. Is, that, is that the 03 Ooh. story? I don't think that's the 03 one. I'd have to look. I can't see. I believe that was an 04 cover story, but it doesn't matter. It's okay. Um, oh, cool. It's still cool. That may have been mine. I may have written that. Ooh. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, so Frank, they loved his his Halo 2 cover story so much. They said, hey, why don't you come out and, and interview and maybe be our uh, our community manager and the rest is history for Frank. So yeah, 2003, which means this year's 20 years. And it's, it's pretty wild uh, to consider that he's been with Halo maybe longer than anyone. Wow. Because wow. No break. Bungie... Yeah. <laughs> you know, said goodbye to it voluntarily in 2010, 2011 was the, uh, when they regained their independence in exchange for the Halo IP and they created Halo. I mean, it came out in 01. So, but they, you know, sure they, they'd been working on it for a few years. So, you know, that's the old, the old Bungie crew was on Halo for let's call it 12, 13 years. Frank was on it for 20 he might be. I didn't even think about this. This isn't even in my notes. This is just a random stream of consciousness thought. I, he might he might be have been with Halo longer than literally anyone else, which is pretty darn impressive. Um, anyway, I'm talking too long, but but you know, Cog, what do you think when you hear of when you hear of a not just Frank, but we've had a lot a lot of the the old hands at three four three move on here. Yeah, I mean, this is these are iconic names. These are, like you said, listening to the stories and that you're you're explaining and, and how he got his start. And you know, when I think of the Halo Bible, just think about uh, everything canon-wise that has to be run through from every spinoff, from every narrative thread to you know future things to make sure that things have that you know symmetrical nature with the story. So for him, he yeah, again, one of the legends in the game. You know, when I hear about them leaving, to me, this does signify a major shift in, you know, either philosophy or what's going on internally with 343, as we, you know, as we know with Halo Infinite, there's been major shakeups. And um, I think this, it, it feels like a regime change, just to be brutally honest. It does feel like that. And um, I'm curious to see the direction it goes, you know, with, um, you know, Pierre Heinz and the team and their vision. Obviously, he's been responsible for, um, you know, changing Master Chief collection around. But, you know, Staten and, you know, Frank, these are, these are legends in the game. Make no mistake about it. So, Definitely a, a, a transitionary period and something yeah. we should monitor moving forward. Destin, your thoughts on uh, an, another one of the old old guard from 343 moving moving on to, to a new challenge. Well, I'm, I'm happy that they've decided to do that. You remember not that long ago, we were talking about layoffs at 343 and, you know, Staten had discussed how he's more concerned about less concerned about what happens to him and more concerned about helping people find new positions and such. Uh, I think we're still seeing a little bit of, you know, the reshuffling and what's happening at 343. And I, I think you put it really, really well, uh, Lord, with by saying it's a regime change. And I think that's really important for the 343 uh, team 
And I think that's a really important uh, mindset for the community to be in. This is this is not the three four three that we knew. There are going to be new faces, and that's not to disparage, you know, you know, Staten or or um, Frank. Frank, yeah, sorry, <laughs> but uh, I think it does start a new chapter for the Halo franchise or three four three, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the franchise going forward, especially because. I feel like season three, the game is finally in a state it should have been at launch. So it's kind of like a new starting point for them. And if they can keep this momentum going forward, it's going to be positive for the franchise. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's, I know a lot of, a lot of folks in the Halo community are, you know, not that they're, they're throwing a party that, that a lot of these uh, veteran folks have, have, uh, have moved on, but but I think a lot of people in the Halo community are are at least looking forward to some new blood coming in and and maybe you know just changing things up, reinvigorating things, and just just trying to you know 
light the spark uh, for the franchise, which again, Infinite turned out great. I, I stand by my nine out of 10 on the single player campaign. I, I do think the campaign turned out great. Multiplayer has been well documented, but, but you know, you, Destin, you and Cog just summed it up well. The season three is finally, it seems to have finally found its footing there on the, on the live service multiplayer front. I think with all this too, though, I do hope in the nearish future, within the next year or so, that we get some sort of official statement from you know Xbox and 343 on sort of their direction for Halo going forward. As we were talking about previously, like Halo Infinite was announced to be a platform, right, for updates, for narrative things, for us to enjoy, and so far. Yes, the light story beats that we've gotten in multiplayer are fun, but it's not really exactly what we were looking for. It's like, sorry, guys, I want I want the chief. And uh, <laughs> so, like, I think it would be nice for them just because there has been such a shakeup within 343 for us to have some sort of idea of, like, what the change of plans is going forward, even if it's not them announcing what the next thing is. But just like, a, hey, just a note on the future of Halo and what we envision for it now going forward which i'm sure they're probably still figuring that out like if you have to have so many um higher ups going and then of course we also have a lot of other staff from 343 no longer in the picture so there's a lot to consider well said yeah you're absolutely right because it's fans do i think deserve that when when the time is right and like you said we might not quite be the right time there we're, we're still clearly with joseph moving on frank moving on we are still mid shakeup there is still and that's you know i don't say that in a malicious disparaging negative way but things are things have not settled yet for for where you know 343 is going and thus where halo is going but yeah you're absolutely right miranda i'd love to see you know 343 had gotten pretty good at at uh improving its transparency with the community over the basically i would say since well Certainly since the launch of Infinite, but I would I would argue even going back a little further to the post Craig, basically. Oh. The post Craig <laughs> in the wake of the Craig incident. <laughs> they got a little more transparent with their your occasional developer blogs and and what have you. So hopefully they'll kind of continue that from a from a studio level overall vision perspective of where the franchise is going. Because you're absolutely right. Like, you know, we we heard all these rumors however many months ago now about uh, Destin, I don't know if you were even around to weigh in on that. I think you were. I think this was before your uh, your paternity leave. There were all the rumors of, oh, well, are they switching to Unreal Engine 5? Is there like a big tech shakeup that's, that's going to happen with this thing too? Um, and so, yeah, it is fair to wonder, is Infinite still a platform? Is that still the plan? We know we're not getting single-player content anytime soon, if at all, uh, uh, before whatever halo seven is going to be called and whatever that is and whenever it's coming which probably won't be for at least four or five more years so yeah i mean i don't and i don't necessarily think that if if 343 came out and said you know what we're changing the plan infinite's not going to be a platform anymore we're going to continue to support it but we are we do have plans to build a new thing i don't think anybody's gonna gonna call like take issue with that and be like, no, you said you were going to do this and you have to stick. No, like people, do, we just want great Halo. And if it takes a fresh start on Unreal Engine 5 or some other new engine or tool set to do that, I don't think any of us care how it happens as long as, as long as Halo does get sort of back on the right track moving forward. 
Yeah, if I if I if I can, please. Um, yeah, I, I agree, right? I, I think that the issue is, like you said, the, the messaging initially when we heard Halo Infinite is something that would be there, like Miranda was saying, like you know, and we would get these substantial substantial narrative beats from the chief and the main story, right? And then obviously we see the shakeup. So you know, we we hear rumors of obviously a potential you know certain affinity and maybe whatever they're doing. We hear you know about the potential on Unreal Engine shift or what have you. And I think to me it's what you said. It's whatever makes the delivery of content happen in a more efficient way because that i'm with you ryan the core game of halo infinite i stand on it is a great game i i really do the multiplayer is fun the issue came down to the consistent content from a multiplayer standpoint from a live service standpoint that that wasn't the execution so if they decide to make a shift into a halo 7 or something like that then i think it behooves them to kind of have that messaging like miranda said which is like hey this is the vision now going forward this is what we intend to do and maybe we're still in transitioning period it's early but at some point i think the fans of the franchise are owed that because it, we are seeing these shifts and people have questions and we, we'd like to see you know halo be great you know and, and i still think that the core game is good but we just need to know what that potential roadmap is going to be moving forward and and theoretically and although we've kept saying this and it still hasn't really happened, but theoretically, uh, particularly if the Activision Blizzard acquisition does close, uh, first party will get into a, a consistent enough output where it'll be okay if 343, if, if Halo is quiet for a while, right? Like it won't just be, we won't, we won't be back in that sort of, uh, you know, dying of thirst in the desert where it's just like, need Halo now or else gonna die. Like, there will be other games, there will be other other things coming along where it'll sort of afford 343 the the time to just do whatever rebuilding uh, of, of the vision and of the plan needs to be done. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the other big topic that makes me happy this week, and that's Diablo. Anything Diablo Four makes me happy. <laughs> I think we've learned that by now. Destin, I'm sorry. Did you, Destin? Did you get to spend any time with the uh, either either the Diablo Four beta weekends while you were while you were sure uh, sort of played carrying sorcerer. around two kids? <laughs> no, I did. I played Sorcerer. I hit twenty. I wanted that puppy backpack. Heck yeah! <laughs> Got to do it. Um, your quick thoughts on on that beta, Destin? Are you because we we were pretty amped over here? Yeah, it's it's really good. It's really fun. Uh, don't Necromancer is totally fine. Doesn't need any adjustments. So is Sorcerer. Uh, yeah, uh, Druid, perfect. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Those are my immediate thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> are you maybe, maybe that tone down like... Druid a little bit? Like he's a little too strong. Tone him down. <laughs> And Cog, uh, Cog, where were you with uh, with Diablo oh. Four after those beta weekends? Yay, nay, yeah. eh? Oh, super yay, super, super yay. yay. Like, I had to stop myself. It's, it's one of those things that when you know you love something and you know it's great, and the initial impression is strong, then I'm like, okay, I'm convinced. But I went Sorcerer. The, the key thing I liked, oh, you yeah. know, was the the environments. I, I love the the voice narration. It really put me in a good place. The dungeons, everything about it. It just screams Diablo, screams that I'm going to spend so much of my life in this game. So I didn't need any more convincing. I was good. But yeah, Diablo 4 was spectacular. That made well, that's uh, we're, we're pretty unanimous on it then. Because uh, Stella, if she were here, she, I mean, she, she talked about the same thing. She was pretty new to it and she got way into it. So 
bring on June. June 6th is the official launch uh, with the early access on the either the first or the second i can't remember which if you second yeah if and i think i think you got to buy the one of the more expensive versions yeah, to get that which is paid early access which isn't great you know i still I don't, i'm not a fan of that uh, of it's everywhere more. these days i know it's <laughs> like it's it's a swimming against the tide but in any case uh the thing i wanted to talk about here with diablo 4 a it went gold which that's not really what i'm here to talk about because that's <laughs> kind of meaningless these days even if you buy a game on a disc the thing you're you will actually start playing will not be whatever build was on that disc you're there's always a day one update there's you're always going to be you're going to be downloading something even if you uh purchase that game on on physical media but diablo 4 has gone gold but before it gets into our hands in now less than two months Blizzard has published a detailed list of all the changes that they're making based directly on player feedback from those beta weekends. I love, love, love this transparency. I'm just going to run through uh, a few of them, just top level. We don't have to, we don't have to spend all day uh, digging into each thing, but they are minimizing backtracking by changing some of the dungeon layouts, which I love. Um, they are going to change some of the classes, which Destin was uh, sort of sarcastically well, alluding to a few well, minutes yeah. ago. Some of the important changes are corpse explosion is going to do less damage and no. you're going to, and, and the corpse you revive are going to last less time no, because ne friends. ne necro was way overpowered in the beta. Mm, and I perfect. think sorcerer had some tweaks that were similar to that, where some of the spells aren't as powerful as they're going to be. Drood is actually getting a buff because he was very underpowered. Uh, those are the three big changes that I saw just off the top. Of my yeah. Head. The, the, uh, the barbarian, no notes, no changes. <laughs> we're perfect barbs. We're going to just, we're going to just, uh, do our thing. So yeah. So some tweaks to the classes and they're all spelled out. Uh, the Druid's companion skills, will uh, be buffed up. As Destin mentioned, the Necromancer's summon minions will die more often and Corpse Explosion is being nerfed down a bit. Mm. Uh, the Rogue's subterfuge skill uh, have had their bonuses increased alongside multiple passive skills, while all imbuement skills have had their cooldowns released and Sorcerer's charge bolt damage has been increased and the mana cost reduced. More bang for your buck there. Chain Lightning reduced damage reduction yep, there. That's a nerf. Uh, and cooldown of the incinerates skill enchantment bonus has been reduced, etc. There's there's a few more, but also uh, quality of life fixes. Uh, they mention the chat box being now uh, tweaked in the UI, being displayed on the left side of the screen while using the centered action bar configuration. A character stats will also now be displayed by default when uh, when players click the materials and stats button within their inventory. So just stuff like that. Uh, is and there's there's more, but again, I'm not just gonna I'm not gonna go through all the nitty gritty. I just I love a the transparency here, and b it makes it, it I think this it makes the community feel engaged with and listened to, uh, and sort of on that note makes you know it really makes this feel like it was a real actual beta and not just like a glorified demo a, a marketing beta right right like the, the, they took all that feedback that was submitted sifted through it and made an action plan out of it based on what was probably really popular and probably what they also identify for people just talking about generally on the internet which is it's great to see it's great to see that 
Yeah, the so so clearly the the plan was, and I want to talk about the the whole plan of the. I feel like the plan of this game has been executed exceptionally well uh, thus far. You know, the proof is in the pudding when we get the whole thing. But um, the the plan was that basically they would they would finish the game at the beta, mm -hmm. and then the feedback would roll into the day one update. That seems to be. I think I'm. I think that's a reasonable extrapolation of of what's occurring, which yeah, makes a lot of sense. I like that they're doing this. I like that they're implementing this feedback and taking a look at the classes that are overpowered and making these adjustments, as opposed to just releasing the game and then maybe taking a week or two to make important changes. Uh, I'm glad they did the beta. I'm glad it mostly went smooth. Uh, I know there were some server login issues on the first few days. But um, yeah, I, I, I like this and I like that they're able to do this with Diablo. It would be great if, if more games could kind of dip their toe in and then make, like have basically a done game and then make those subtle tweaks right before it comes out. I like that. Yeah, I've seen some games do this in the past too. Like, well, they'll do the, the post beta yeah. launch notes and, and things that they've gleaned from it and what they want to change or how they want to change them in the future. Of course, no promises of like, immediate changes because that's very difficult right um but i do like this as well i think one game that's been doing that pretty well despite it having a lot of challenges right now legally is dark and darker they've had a lot of good like tweaks as they had those little early access weekends um if you guys aren't up to date on like the drama with that game it's wild yeah i haven't even i've only i've only <laughs> sort of tangentially wild. uh kept up um, with that pc game but mm -hmm. it's it's another one of those that i think of that has good communication sometimes lately the communication's just it's just in a weird spot but anyway yeah dark and darker is like a pretty cool dungeon crawly survival um pvp thing where you just got to go down the dungeons and get out with your loot and you hope you get out and if you don't you lose all your loot but it's really hard and right now if you want to play the early access you have to torrent it which is the official way to get it wow it's, it's <laughs> really wild <laughs> wow uh, yeah. Cog, Destin hit on something that I think was, was pretty important. And that is have, instead of, instead of releasing the game and then making these changes, they are, they have used this beta. They will now have these changes rolled in that all this player feedback rolled in for actual launch day, because for as many, we still don't know how many million players participated in the beta. I, I don't think they Bungie, uh, Bungie, Blizzard gave out those specific stats. Um, I know they had said like a million players got the wolf pack puppy on the first weekend. I remember that. But anyway, my point is that Cog, I think it's it, there's an important distinction. Like it, 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 you build up a lot of goodwill with your community when your when your official day one is already incorporating a ton of player feedback versus game comes out people play it and they like they like it but it's like oh well let's you know here's my feedback let's nerf this let's buff this and then and then blizzard says okay well yeah we're listening to you and a couple weeks later or whatever it is puts out a patch but this way you're it really just you're, you're hitting the ground running a lot faster this way Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is this is what I I really like to see because as a person who likes some live service games, you know, one of the things that really gets me excited is that synergy between community and the development team, and to see them take the feedback 
and and actually implement it in the way you said that that this is actually going to apply to the day one game as opposed to you know i've seen circumstances where sometimes the, the development team has a staunch vision is where they want it to be and they don't necessarily pivot they don't necessarily want something to be buffed and nerfed and you know we, i've been on the other side of that so it, it's really cool to see that this is an actual functional plan that they had and they executed rolling into this launch date they did the beta as we know betas you know sometimes they go rough and sometimes there's you know server and connection issues they survived that but then when it actually came down to the gameplay when it actually came down to the balancing they took really critical feedback because a lot of people said hey you know this class needs a, a buff or this is overpowered or so on and so forth and they and, they, and they're implementing that so to me that denotes strategy that denotes plan as as opposed to just kind of on their feet or, or being a very aggressively, we're not going to implement that. Or we'll, we'll, you'll hear feedback from us later, <laughs> kind of a statement, kind of a thing. This is really cool to see. I hope more studios take note of this. I think the way they handle it was exceptional. And, and on that note, Destin, I, I was mentioning earlier in this segment that I feel like the, the messaging and the execution of, of the, of the campaign on this game has been so good. I know a lot of people, Destin, are are understandably wary of supporting Blizzard, of you know, of of really getting behind them and giving them the benefit of the doubt, uh, for for good reason. But I I cannot find fault with anything that that Blizzard has promised for Diablo Four or or said they were they were going to do or or really anything. I just feel like. This is, they've been really transparent and really player first. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I don't really have, yeah, I think, uh, especially with the Diablo team, because I don't That's think what, of it yeah, as, specifically. as Blizzard specifically. I think of it right. as the Diablo yeah, team. Yeah, Diablo 4, because even, yeah. even Immortal, even I think Diablo Immortal mm -hmm. has, you know, the, the pay to Immortal win. has had, right. Immortal had major problems. That's yeah, why I'm, I'm the, talking yeah. specifically about Diablo 4 here, not even. Yes. Diablo Immortal. So, so far, Diablo 4 is looking really, really good. We'll see what happens with the store or whatever when that comes out or if there's any drama. But, man, the, the art style's right. The gameplay feels great. The storytelling feels great. The teams that are supporting it, the, the developer update where we got these patch notes, the social team is really interacting with the community in a fun way. Uh, like they're firing on all cylinders right now and it has me really excited not only for the launch but for the future of diablo 4 after today and rod's just fun he's just fun on social media so yeah. and, and i'm glad you mentioned him because it's you look at rod's history the, the guy's got a very decorated track record uh when you go back rod was the producer on the original gears of war trilogy he actually mm -hmm. left microsoft to go work to be a full-time employee at Epic because he loved Gears so much. His Twitter handle is Gears Viking. He stayed with the franchise. He, you know, he's a big part. Of, uh, Cliff Lazinski is very complimentary uh, to Rod in his recent autobiography, his new book. Um, so you know, he he obviously he he sort of sowed his oats on Gears, and then he went to uh, 2K and was kind of the fixer on Bioshock Infinite. Helped get that project with all the all of its crazy ideas sort of focused and centered and and really brought that one home and then miranda certainly more recently prior to he's i mean he's been at blizzard for 
couple years now, I feel yeah, like, but a few years. for a long time, he was the head of the coalition and is, you know, oversaw the team that delivered what I know you and I feel are, are two outstanding Gears of War sequels, Gears 4 and Gears 5. Yep, it's true. Um, and obviously then he went on to Blizzard to work on Diablo. And now here it is. Um, just a quick note, there were 2.6 million wolf packs earned. And to, wow. to, to say that, wow. the the puppy, you had to play 20, you had to get to level 20. So that's not insignificant. Which is time. probably... 12 10 12 hours of gameplay something like that in the beta well, they released a lot of like random numbers of like the total hours played total player <laughs> but not the total player count no not the whole no. player count but if it's i brought i just brought that image up to miranda yeah that's <laughs> so, funny but 2.6 million people hitting 20 means it's i think it's fair to say at least three times that number of people played the beta because obviously not everybody hits 20 no. not even close no. Well, so, it could be multiple. Okay. There's multiple accounts to consider. That's so true. Maybe like twice that That's number. That's true. That's fair. You know. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking maybe five five million people in this beta. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, game's gonna do okay. Whew. I have a yeah. hunch. Yeah. <laughs> you got a hunch. It might be all right. Also, so, it's a very coming. Random and quick shout out to the Diablo Twitter. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed looking. Yeah, that's what Destin stats. was saying. Yeah. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. just looking through them too. It's just they had some good April Fool's stuff as well. So somebody replied and said, "I died ten million times," and they said we were worried it would skew the stats if we included your death. <laughs> like, they're just like really fun. I don't know who runs that account. That's good. But yeah. Uh, all right, real quick before we do trivia, game. Pa uh, by the way, Destin, you didn't. You're. I don't even know if you're trailing. I'm gonna pull up the scoreboard here in a second. It's been rough. Uh, oh, really? It's been rough. No, yeah, we have around here. here. We also haven't been doing trivia that often. That's true. I've, sometimes we've had yeah. we've had a lot of guest situations. I've had hosed a few times. Stella's had hosed a few times. These past few months have been a lot. It's been crazy. Yes, it's true. But uh, real quick before we get to that unlock block trivia, just go. I want to go over the Game Pass upcoming lineup as Microsoft likes to put these updates out every once or twice a month. So this week, we didn't even talk about it. I mean, we talked about it last yeah. week. Minecraft Legends is out. Yay. Uh, what did it get on IGN? Seven. 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 Yeah. Good. I, Seven's a good. I was excited yeah. for this one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. A good out of 10. I have it downloaded. Started it. It's on Game Pass. Yep. Go for it. Uh, Coffee. Coffee Talk, Episode 2, <laughs> Hibiscus and Butterfly. Uh, Medieval Dynasty, that's uh, that's actually, we, I've, I've, I've looked into that game a little bit because we've had a couple exclusives on it. That's, that's an interesting one. It's worth taking a look at. That's on Xbox One, interestingly, not uh, anything else, not PC, not cloud. Uh, and then Homestead Arca Arcana on the 21st, hey. which is, uh, what, Friday? What's that one? That's um, a farming kind of survival sim, but you're a witch. And it nice. looks really cool. I downloaded it already, so I'm ready to play it. Even though I don't have any time at all, I'll just I'll just not sleep. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Who needs to sleep? Next week, cassette beats on the 26th. That's PC only. Uh, Blaz Blue Cross Tag Battle Special Edition on the 27th. Cloud Console PC and uh, a game that I think looks really good. I want to give this a try. The Last Case of Benedict Fox on April 27th. Console and PC. Cog, you're giving a thumbs up on that one. Yeah, I got a chance to cover it at um, a couple of, I think it was PAX West last year, and it really impressed me, really impressed me. Definitely come to Game Pass. I thought the combat looked great. The art style looked fantastic. The devs were super passionate about it. So, yeah, I got my eye on, on The Last Case of Benedict Fox. And then the week after, Miranda Sanchez, Redfall, May 2nd, Cloud, PC, and Series X, Series S. 
you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I might accidentally be out that day. I'm planning to be sick, but it's like, I, I can't be out, but I'm going <laughs> to stay up late playing it anyway. So that'll be good. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, your IGN first coverage continues, by the way. It's true. So today we had uh, the final feature going up for Divender. So that's our final of the four character profiles. We still have the big preview coming up and some other interviews as well. So please stay tuned. Yeah. Plenty more to go if you're, if you're curious about Redfall. All right, Unlock Block Trivia Time. Scott Bowman writes in with this very good question. This one I had to think hard about. Uh, I did ultimately remember the correct one here. I was able to narrow this to two. Let's see how you guys do with it. Which of the following console-exclusive first-person shooters released for the original Xbox was a unique entry in the franchise and not a port of the PC version of the game? Was it Half-Life 2, Deus Ex Invisible War, Doom 3, or Unreal Championship 2? I'm going to go to our guest, Lord Cognito, first from the Iron Lords podcast, episode 300, out now. Check it out. Cog? Yo, this is, this is a tough one. Um, I remember, because now we're going back. OG Xbox. If I remember, I think it was Unreal. I think they made a couple of changes. I'm think I'm looking at it. I'm going with Unreal. I, okay. I think there was some slight chasing changes there. All right, Destin, I'll go to you next. Been sitting out down for a while. Two. Okay. And I think uh, I'm going to go with Deus Ex: Invisible War. All right. A game I uh, I remember I got to go out to Ion Storm Austin to see Warren Spector and oh, Harvey nice. Smith. Oh, to, yeah. To do a, a big story on that for OXM oh, back in the legend. day. It brings us to Miranda. <clears throat> My guess was also B, Deus Ex Invisible War. All right. Well, I am happy to be finally putting, <laughs> to, to actually putting a crooked number on the scoreboard here. Let me actually bring it up. Yeah, it's all ones across the board. In fact, now COG will be added to the list of ones <laughs> uh, because, yes, Unreal Championship 2, which the first Unreal Championship was simply a port of uh, of Unreal Tournament from there's this you know you know quake like first person shooter team based uh, PvP game, but Unreal Championship Two totally made it like a character focused, uh, very different game, very unique game, very good game by the way. So Cog, good stuff there. Uh, you are correct. Nice job. Yeah, I had it point down to the one Cog had picked and Deus Ex, because I can remember Deus Ex Invisible War sitting on store shelves and seeing that cover with a guy who looks like Neo. Yes. It, you know? All I know uh, for sure is it was not Half-Life 2. No. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 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 yeah, no worries on or that Doom one. Three. At least I, yeah, at least I had some things just like crossed out immediately. So I, was mm -hmm. like, I will say the, the, the Doom 3 port that the original Xbox got was really technically impressive for the time. Uh, yeah. Vicarious Visions did that. Ah. It was a, yeah, it was an out. I mean, it looked incredible on the original Xbox for for such mm -hmm. a what had been a very cutting edge PC yeah. game, Doom Three at the time. Uh, if mm -hmm. anybody else out there has an Xbox trivia question, send it my way. The email address is unlocked at ign.com. Include the question, four multiple choice answers. Please note the correct answer in your email and. Don't forget to include your name and optionally your gamer tag as well. And we'll play again next week. With that, it is time to get moving. Uh, let me first throw two 
the aforementioned Lord Cognito. Plug thyself, my friend. Uh, let it, let everybody know where we can find you on social, on podcast feeds, YouTube, Twitch, you name it. Go for it. Much appreciated. As always, a pleasure to be in the realm of Unlocked you know, at Lord Cognito on Twitter. Um, every Sunday is the Lord's Day, so Iron Lord's podcast on YouTube. Check us out there for my good from three of my good friends, man, Lord King, Lord Attic, Lord Sovereign, talking about games, multi-platform, all that good stuff. You also run an independent site, lordsofgaming.net, you know, so we have opinion pieces and reviews and all that good stuff. And also have a Xbox Centrics podcast with Mr. Matty Plays, That's right. Defining Duke. You can catch me there, Last Damn Media. But um, it's it's been a pleasure. And, and again, if you anyone that missed the 300 episode, I, I would implore. I normally don't plug my own episodes, but I would implore you know you guys to check it out. The legend himself, Ryan, was able to make a an appearance three hours late. Like... Ryan was three hours late. It was real. We never comment. We never comment about when you arrived <laughs> or what your time block was scheduled. But it was it was really heartwarming to see everyone kind of come together and just kind of talk about what ILP meant to them or that's their favorite moment. And um, just to see all the personalities on a, on a big zoom call was, was pretty fun. And uh, Randy, you have been in the realm, Dustin, one day, sure. one day, that's the get you one day. We'll, we'll make it happen, man. I would love to have you in there. And um, yeah, it, it was really fun. And I want to thank the community for that because it, it shows that the hard work did mean something that people really appreciate what we have to say. So thank you. Thank everyone. It is always a pleasure to be on Unlock. You guys are absolutely superstars. Well, we love having you, and congrats on episode 300. Destin, welcome back. What do you want to promote, my friend? Thank you. I mean, for IGN, I'm working on a few op-eds and a lot of, like, internal processes. That stuff's not really fun. We're going to see the light of day. <laughs> so uh, keep an eye out for the op-eds for IGN. And I still do the YouTube thing when I can, youtube.com slash the Destin channel. Uh, that's been harder. <laughs> it's a fine time to do but uh yeah so that's what i got going on right now getting back into the swing of things it's my first week back i really missed everybody at ign uh missed you too lord but uh, uh -oh. yeah i missed, missed my colleagues and missed Love. doing this stuff very much so thank you for having me back on unlocked ryan good to have you back miranda you can find me at Have a Gross, and that's Have a K on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. And right now, of course, please check out our IGN first. We've been working very hard on it, and it's been a lot of work. So please look at it. Um, also, just a shout out to my sister because she was here recently, and I finally got her to play Gears of War three with me. We did couch nice. co op, and we got nice. to moments, and there were tears, and I was like, Oh, uh, moments! Uh, nice. It was so good. Yeah, we just kept saying yeah. shit. Yeah, the whole week. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <How to do> it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what a great series. Um, where's Gear 6? Let's go! Unreal Engine 5! Let's go, Coalition. Make it happen, let's go! Let's go. Uh, let's all right. Go. As for me, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I can't think of any. I mean, I'm like, I've got my fingers in like a million little pies, and I can never remember which ones I'm allowed to talk about and which ones I can't. So I'll just I'll tweet out the stuff that that's interesting to me and just go to IGN, please. Keep us keep the lights on here. That's that's uh, you. do your do your part. That's all we humbly ask. Uh, for our super producer Red, along with Miranda, Destin, and Lord Cognito, I'm Ryan, and this was Podcast Unlocked, episode 591. We'll see you back here next week.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.